said, I'm, I'm based in Sweden, so we are already, I'm already managing in a, in a distributed environment. We aren't just a video-first communications platform. I think we're creating a new way of working. Today on Tech Talks, we are talking to one of the companies of the moment, Zoom, with the head of UK and Ireland, Phil Perry. This is Tech Talks. It's our 300th show, still bringing you plenty of interviews and news from across the tech sector. So today is our 300th show of Tech Talks. I don't know whether that means that we've grown up finally. I suspect probably not. Uh, Joining me on today's show is Jack, uh, OG co-host, coming back for this lovely landmark. And we have a guest co-host. We have Amy from the What Comes Next podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And uh, congratulations on making it to 300. It's a big deal. No one shut us up yet. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> um, we certainly look older now, Dave. Three hundred <laughs> episodes in. I mean, you're you're grey to the point of being, I don't know, Santa Claus esque. I, I don't know. I think I've got kind of a monastic haircut going on under quarantine. My back, <laughs> my back and sides is very short, whereas the bit on top is getting quite fluffy. So maybe I'm you going for like a retro it. kind of three hundred year old haircut. <laughs> Isn't it a bit of that? Yeah, I was going to say it's a bit Peaky Blinders almost. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I think my wife's done a wonderful job, but it's 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 oh, yes. different from its usual look. Anyway, um, Amy, do you want to tell us a bit about what comes next? Uh, sure. Yeah. What comes next is a tech podcast, and uh, we like we interview people who are basically doing all of the really cool things that you read about or have seen in science fiction. So. Um, Everything from uh, people like growing uh, farms underground to people working towards uh, AI that can analyze like the way people speak and the way people interact. Um, people who are designing uh, algorithms to replace medicine, just absolutely everything like that. Really cool stuff. C- can I make a request? Sure. <laughs> can you find someone making tractor beams? Uh, we'll look into it. Sure. <laughs> Why just tractor beams, Dave? I don't know. I've, I've always, you know, tractor beams are in like every science fiction film, aren't they? Star Wars <laughs> has tractor beams. Star Trek has tractor beams. I'd feel like we were on the cusp of something if we had tractor beams for real. That's, that's a good point. Well, we'll definitely keep that in mind. We'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, today's uh, episode, we have uh, Phil Perry, who is the head of UK and Ireland for Zoom as our guest. So as ever, we will jump into that interview and then come back with some commentary on that afterwards. So on today's show, we are kindly joined by Phil Perry, the head of UK and Ireland for Zoom, one of the most talked about companies around at the moment. Phil, uh, funnily enough, head of UK and Ireland, but based in Sweden. Yeah, I know. That's a uh, well. Firstly, David, thank you, uh, thank you for having me. It's um, it's it's nice to be here. Nice to be speaking to you today. I mean, yes, it's it's a strange thing to um, be based here, but I think that's probably testament. You know, being able to. Um, look after a team and work with a team that is uh, distributed and me being in Sweden and that being um, seamless is, is testament to what I do today and, and what Zoom are as an organisation as a, and as a, as, as a tool. And you joined Zoom about seven months ago, right, according to LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, six, six months ago, yeah. I've, I'm counting it in, in months now rather than weeks, which is, uh, which is good. But obviously <laughs> uh, Zoom's been firmly on my agenda and um in my in my sites for a long time so i'm very aware of zoom and having um a number of my ex-colleagues ex-partners um um people i've competed against all that zoom it's 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 very firmly something i'm very aware of for a long time 
Yeah, that's that's probably worth kind of talking about because I suppose to most people listening, um, Zoom might have only really come into their consciousness quite recently uh, with the lockdown uh, and kind of family quizzes and personal use kind of really growing that that user base beyond uh, corporations who may well have used it. But you said that you'd kind of come up against them. Sorry, before we hit record, you said that you'd come up against them as a competitor for kind of two years or so and had noticed that you were losing out to them and that they were doing things right. So it'd be interesting to know kind of how, how you went from being someone who's competing against them to them being someone who's welcomed into the organization. Yeah, thank you for that question. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good one and it's, it's very relevant. And I talk about it regularly when I when I meet people from customers or meet, meet um, you know, prospective candidates that I'm, I'm hopefully asking to come, to come and work at Zoom. But it's, it's a very relevant one because, yeah, I mean, Zoom has been around since 2011. So it's, they're, they're not a new organization in that regard. And, and certainly within the collaboration and communication sort of industry sphere, they've been well known and, and well regarded for a long time. And, and as I said, I've been operating in, the, in, in this market for a number of years. And um, so from an, a, a company perspective, you know, Zoom's focus has been for the enterprise and selling to businesses. And so from that perspective, if you're operating it within it as a, someone that's competing against Zoom from a service provider or another vendor, you're very aware of what Zoom have been doing for a long time. And similarly, their focus has been to selling to companies. And so, again, that, 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 that approach has been to speak to those organizations that Zoom being well known. No, I'll be honest. That does surprise. I've, I've used Zoom for a couple of years, certainly for the podcast. Um, I do a lot of pre-meetings with people. Uh, we, we've had a number of US guests on the show and whatever else. And it is just it is that use use the case of, of kind of easiness. You, you send the link to someone, they jump onto it. They they don't have to download something. It's it's always been something that's been fairly easy. Whereas I don't know. I've always felt that some of the other. Uh, offerings out there have been a little bit more tricky if you're not within an organization so i'll be honest it does surprise me to hear that the, the focus has been on consumer because i almost feel like this surging growth has been personal and private use and i suppose it, it is interesting just to know who is using it at the minute and where where that rapid growth is and is it organizations adopting it is it personal personal use around quizzes because back in december you were reporting um something around 10 million uh, meeting participants a month and now it's up to 300 million so it's been a huge growth yeah you're right and, and, and thanks for thanks for mentioning that yes it has been significant as i said you you know from a 30x increase in in a number of months is is very significant and our focus is still very much around the enterprise in, 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 in the business and i think with regard to you know the consumerization of it people used to um, consuming other technologies on a, on a daily basis outside of work. I think what they've realized with Zoom is that, that the ease of adoption that, it, that companies have felt and why they've adopted it as well has, has been easy to, to take up. And so the, you know, whether they're meeting for a, you know, a Friday afternoon pub quiz or, you know, actually funnily enough today, one of my new starters today, he he's doing his puppy training over Zoom. So um, that alongside, you know, the adoption of, of education, which is again a, a central tenant to us, of where we feel we, we want to give back and and keeping uh, keeping um, students and um, both in, in higher education, but also in you know in, in all forms of education connected and and, and learning at the moment. Um, there's a number of areas where that's being adopted, and not like I said aside from your enterprises, um, but those areas as well. 
out of interest, I mean, why do you think it is that it has become such a go-to for people? I mean, I'd, I'd hazard a guess that it's that some of those features have been free and available to people, uh, and, those, and those features have, have kind of stolen a march on some of the, the competitors in the space. But, you know, you, you look at kind of teams, 70% jump there to 75 million um, meeting participants a day. Google, obviously, in the space. Facebook getting into the space. Um, that that I suppose has to put a challenge there for Zoom to keep ahead and to keep kind of pushing the boundary about what what you can offer people. I think you, you mentioned it before. I mean, the reasons why we're here today is it will remain and they will continue to be to be present in 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 the company going forward. You know, simplicity, ease of use, it's intuitive. Um, it's almost creating a new way of working. Um, as I said, we're, we're a cloud-based um, video-first communications platform, but it, as I said, it's, it's a new way of working. And, and as people reimagine um, how they work and how they think, I think Zoom's um, accessibility, the ability to you know, use the service quickly and easily, it will continue to uh, be present and, and relevant as, as we move forward. A couple of weeks ago, you did announce that you'd lifted that 40-minute limit for schools, which is is fantastic. And I know from talking to a number of colleagues that schools are keeping uh, kids incredibly busy at the moment. What's, what's that uptake been like since you announced the lift on, on the 40-minute limit? Yeah, I mean, we've had, uh, I think one of the things you, you talked about earlier, um, we've had this, this surge in, in, in usage and participants, you know, over the last two or three months. Um, and partly that is about the way we we think of as a company, and we have, we have, we care, we have we think we have a responsibility for helping people, um, and and responsibility for people being connected, and, and fundamentally that you know the, the 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 main area of that is is education. So you know creating that ability for you know K through 12 schools having the ability to you know have a, 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 a effectively a free usage. Is is part of that, and that and that's that's helped increase with with you know being a central part of that that, that growth and usage. Now, look, you, you're doing some fantastic stuff. The the platform is growing, but I think it would be silly of me to ignore that there has been there have been some question marks and some criticism maybe around security. And it'd be good just to kind of get your your take on on some of this. Um, I was hosting a family quiz just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, one of my one of my parents in law said, Oh, you know, zoom, I'm not sure. I've heard that there's some security issues with it. My response was kind of rather blase to say, Oh, come on now, look, there's security issues with most platforms out there. But People will be familiar that that you know that maybe familiar with terms like Zoom bombings and and some kind of question marks around how data uh, was being shared with third parties. Um, as an organisation, what have you tried to do in response to that and make sure that people's data and people's privacy and security is secure when using the platform? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. I think fundamentally, we you know we take these things very seriously. You know, we've got we've got a fundamental response um, responsibility to keeping people secure and to make sure they're trusting of, of the using the service. I think some of the things you've seen in terms of reaction um, and speed of response over the last couple of months. And one of the things we've just announced recently is our, our Zoom five zero solution, um, which has just recently been launched, which really addresses some of these areas in terms of um, 
ability to to manage your security settings a lot quicker. Some of those things are already existing today in terms of security features are already present, but just making them a little bit more aware in terms of how users can access them and, and, and deploy them readily, I think it's important. Now, I think it's important to stress that it's not like you've suddenly become successful during the pandemic. You were already valued very highly beforehand uh, and the, the company was doing very well. But from your perspective, as an individual managing teams, it, it must place extra pressure on people to suddenly have such a surge in, in usage. Uh, how, how are the teams coping and how are you coping with that managing through this, this period on, a, on an individual level? That's a, that's a really interesting question, and, and I think we touched upon it just before we we, we started the the podcast. Is that um, as I said, I, I'm I'm based in Sweden, so we are already I'm already managing in a in a distributed environment. Um, and as I said, I uh, you know touch upon one of the things I said earlier. We aren't just a video first communications platform. I think we're creating a new way of working, and and therefore uh, when we connect, you know, we we are. Um, we, we have a real focus on terms of how we meet, when we meet, um, and I think we can aid productivity and, and terms of efficiency in terms of how, how video is, is, is working with us today. Um, one last thing, it'd just be really interesting to know where you see this going. Uh, a lot of people have probably adopted Zoom for the first time during the pandemic. I, I suppose once the quizzes and the wine tastings and the hit classes and the uh, was it the dog? The dog classes are, are over. How do you see? How do you see people continuing to use the, the platform and it moving forward over the next kind of six months or so? Well, I think it's, it's, it's a wider area. As I said, I've been in this industry for a number for a number of years in terms of collaboration, communication, technology, and I think when I've had those conversations before, it's it's been about educating about um, organisations and people what you can do with a you know a, a video video first solution. Um, I think now this has been the catalyst for change. And I said, companies will reimagine how they can think and work together. So I think that it will continue in this vein. I don't want to speculate on what that means for, for the, the, the platform as a whole or the organisers as a whole going forward. But I think people realise that actually we can change the way we work and we can communicate going forward. And, and it will, will mean that actually the place of work will become something quite different. Whereas before it's been a, a, somewhere where you went to to do a job. And I think now... The importance of connection and social engagement will be slightly different and i think that that maybe that office environment will where people connect because although video is is incredibly powerful and it's, it's providing the efficiency and productivity and keeping people connected i think that social interaction and connection is still very valid and so the office might be a place where we connect and we have that spontaneous that casual interaction with people which is what people are clamoring for right now so i think yeah, I, 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 obviously when these things are baked, we're, 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 you know, this, this unprecedented time we're in right now, we look forward to very much. And, um, you know, video will have a very central part in terms of how, how um, companies evolve and how they communicate and how they interact and how productive they become going forward. But the ability to, um, to do that spontaneously um, is really important. But I think the, the, the workplace has changed forever going forward. Phil, it's been a pleasure of you, pleasure for you to spend some time with us. I know that you're very busy at the minute, so thank you for for popping in on the podcast. And uh, you know, stay safe. That's me, David. Right. Um, I don't know whether anyone where anyone wants to start with this. I mean, I thought uh, the, the most obvious starting point was to say, here we are in lockdown. And Zoom are a collaborative tool, and they are living it to the nth degree with their UK and Ireland head living in Sweden. <laughs> They're practicing I mean, yeah. what they preach. 
if anything embodies just how well it works is the fact that your yeah, head of UK and Ireland is not residing in the UK or Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that, you know, he's he's been hired and, and has been living there for, sorry, he's been with Zoom for six months, but living there for some time. So it's not even like this has been thrust upon them because of the crisis. This is something they are quite clearly comfortable with as an organisation. I think it kind of lends itself to what he was speaking to about how they're essentially trying to redesign the the future of work. It's a lot of things that a lot of a lot of companies are focusing on this, and uh, this is just a demonstration that the company he works for is truly trying to deliver that in house as well as what they're giving to their users and their client base. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how the world reacts, you know, post everyone realizing how good Zoom can be. Um, and the the older adage excuses of um, some old companies about not working from home and how, you know, people can't be trusted. Whereas now it's kind of like, well, this is the new normal for now. Mm. So when we do revert back to some kind of normality, Zoom and, and other platforms are such are, are so important, and so powerful that we don't all have to rush back to the office and we, we don't all have to be in there all the time. And we can enable ourselves a stronger work-life balance via, you know, the, these platforms enabling us to do so in the day. Yeah, I mean, it was, look, it was only last night that Boris was telling people to, you know, if they, if they couldn't do their work from home. Uh, but increasingly, the amount of people who can't work from home is is a shrinking number. You know, if okay, obviously, if you're building something, if you're making something, that makes sense. But for for the vast majority of us who've, you know, I think it's something like 13 million people travel in and out of London every single day. Um, I I would love to know what the percentage of that 13 million truly cannot do their job from home. I imagine it's probably quite high. On the consumerization point. There's something about this that kind of I think is really quite cool because it kind of relates to why we love things like Amazon, even if we shouldn't love Amazon as much as we do. Um, they're selling to enterprise line. I, I was quite surprised by that because I've always thought of Zoom as not an enterprise, which is stupid because obviously it's an enterprise tool. But I didn't think of it necessarily as an enterprise tool off the bat. Dave, I'll give you an example of why they should still only focus on enterprise more than the average citizen. Because amongst this this lockdown time, I have had to host six quizzes, all because I'm the only one with the Zoom <laughs> premium account, because all of my friends, 15 somewhat of them, are too tight to pay the £8 fee up front. Now, I'm not saying I'm not tight, because my company paid for it way back when. But I, I think, you know, the model they're devising and working around is is still the most pertinent for their business, even though now, you know, everyday users are, are coming in and using it more, I think. But it's that consumerization of tech thing, isn't it? You know, ease of adoption. Like you say, uh, six quizzes, you've got that license. It's easy to do the quiz over that. You know, my organization has uh, Teams and we use Microsoft Teams and we have Office 365. And today I've got to invite someone onto a Teams who's external to the organization. I have no idea how to do it. Yep. How? And my, my immediate response is, well, why don't we just use Zoom? Because if you're not on Teams and you're external, well, that makes more sense. So you can immediately see how they're getting to this 300 million um, meeting users, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, that those stats, where they come from. I did actually find it quite surprising that they are focusing or in the future, focusing specifically on enterprise as well, because they have like the beginnings of 
fun little features like they do the you know the backgrounds that you can have and they've got (laughs) they've got the sort of like virtual touch up so you can touch up your appearance um and these kinds of yeah you can why do you know you can touch up your appearance (laughs) you absolutely can (laughs) um i never have a zoom call without one um (laughs) and yeah it just it feels odd to have like these playful little things for a product that is focusing on enterprise specifically um but who knows maybe Maybe people like fun backgrounds in their work meetings as well. I mean, do you think it's um, do you think it's it's a concern for them in the long term that they aren't integrated so heavily into you know? Do you, do you think it matters that we're all on Office three six five and therefore internally we have to use Teams? Does that mean that eventually Microsoft is going to find a way around making it easy to use uh, cross companies, etc.? And, and I suppose that might be the Achilles heel for for something like Zoom. Well, the worrying thing was, as you said, you know, everyone's doing their own version of this now. And it did send a chill down my spine when you said that Facebook were entering this marketplace. Oh, yeah. and just, <laughs> you just don't know. Like if you're there I mean, goes what our business data. Would, uh, right. Who tr- who would trust to have a like a video chat? But then, you know, Instagram and WhatsApp are all under that same umbrella. And yeah. we'd seemingly forgive any kind of errors because of those two platforms. But but yeah, interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I think there's a, a definite sort of threat there from the market. I know in my office, we use uh, Meet, Google Meet. And a couple of teams have switched over to Zoom simply because you can do gallery view. And right now, mm-hmm. in the times when we have like 16 people on a call, gallery view is really, really nice. And Google Meet doesn't do that. As soon as Google Meet figure out that that's drawing people away, you know, that's the thing that they can... I've always found joining a hangout just a bit weird as well. The whole like (laughs) request to join and all of that. And you're waiting and okay. The fact you can't just, I I, I like the zoom waiting room kind of joining a call and then sitting in a waiting room. At least you kind of know that you're connected. Whereas with a hangout, I'm always like, am am I connecting? Am I? Also zoom has the functionality to do breakout rooms as well, which if you're trying to run some kind of like training course or something like that, I know I have a few friends who are, uh, they do like training sessions with companies and the way they've adapted online is they can break people into breakout groups in in Zoom and then cancel it and bring them all back into the main meeting, which as far as I know, nothing else has the capability mm. to do that yet. So I, I think it's got an edge, definitely has an edge. And look, to be perfectly honest, as, as wonderful as it is that they've lifted that cap on, on education, I suppose they are... Um, they are growing a whole new generation of users coming into the workforce. Yeah. For sure. Have used it at school and at university, be familiar with it. And when they go in and get told to use Google or Facebook or Teams, be like, well, what, what's this? This is not what we're used to. Yeah. I mean, just wait for this generation of school kids to get to university and be like, there is no point in me going to lecture if you're going to Zoom this as well. Like, <laughs> we will have a generation of kids just entirely learning from their their dorms and bedrooms and stuff because it is that easy, you know? I mean, the amount of times I would listen to the recorded lecture if I, you know, was negligent and didn't turn up. Um, <laughs> and that just didn't have the same, the same feel, the same buzz as if you're actually there. Whereas if you're talking about projecting over a Zoom meeting, God, you can... Yeah. I'm kind of. I think. Look, just on that point, I. You're so me, social anyway, no, Dave. Just, you want to be in the say, classroom. University please, not, please, I've got a question. No, university was not about studying for me, and that is one <laughs> thing that you will lose if we go down that route. Anyway, um, look, we can't ignore the security point. I felt that Phil's answer to this was basically to say, it's it's how we educate and upskill users around the risks. 
rather than necessarily, I mean, he says that the features are already there, but it's simple things like putting a password on a meeting to stop Zoom bombing, etc. I look, we, our show has never been one to kind of try and get a story and to needle someone. That's just not what Tech Talks has ever been about. But do you feel that that is that is actually that there is a fair point here that everyone's sitting at home and maybe they do need to be a little bit more security aware in their own surroundings? You know, we we tend to be uh, all early adopters these days, and maybe we don't have the the right kind of mentality to be early adopters. I think that's maybe an excuse that a lot of tech companies use is around the uh, uh, sort of educating of people using their product. And, uh, you know, I sit here and I think that I have parents, like a lot of people do, who are of a different, more analog generation. My parents are very tech savvy, but other people's aren't. And I think just kind of saying, well, we're trying to educate people is maybe missing out on a, a a group of people who are not used, they just, they don't even know that these are risks that they should be looking for. Mm. Um, I would expect a company to uh, be a lot more transparent about where their issues are and what they're doing to fix it. Um, But yeah, but I I also admit that uh, potentially Phil is maybe not as intimate with all the technical issues and is, is maybe not able to illustrate as clearly on what they're doing to fix those technical issues. So I do, I do think, think though that he, he obviously talks talks about trust, and that is probably the right way of looking at it. He, yeah. You know, we're, we're talking about Facebook a minute ago, and, and it'd be interested to see what you think, Jack. But you know, we 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 don't trust Facebook anymore. <laughs> I don't, but I didn't start not trusting Facebook. In fact, there are one and a half thousand photos from my university days on Facebook. So I trusted it initially. And I suppose Zoom have gone through this huge period of growth that they probably weren't expecting to be quite as rapid. And it may well have have caught them by surprise to a certain degree. And now they are having to make sure that these, you know, if you think about the fact that there have been some some mishaps from a communication point of view, you know, the 300 million meeting participants versus daily user slip and saying that it's end-to-end encrypted when it when it wasn't. I, I, I kind of figure that it's growing pains at a really rapid pace and they just have to, they have to get through that period and then re- work really hard to make sure that they do have trust so that they do sustain its popularity, I suppose. Well, there's an opportunity for them to gain everyone's trust by just being a bit more transparent. And, you know, you're talking about a platform where people are doing a lot of training via. Why can't Zoom, you know, do do a short go-to meeting on on their own platform about, you know, the simple dangers and, and security problems that can exist within it? Because, like you say, I would never think to add a password to my meeting room and things like that. And you just don't. You just, you know, you accept the terms and conditions without reading it. You click through and then off you go, I'm, I'm seeing and speaking to my lovely friends. Whereas they can gain that trust by you know, reacting and trying to provide some more collateral and some more information around it. Mm. I mean, because it's not a slant on Zoom. It's it's on every every huge company out there. Not many of them do enough to empower us to be our own, you know, IT security experts. Yeah. Yeah. Any further points on this? Any anything that stood out to anyone else that they, they you know, Amy or Jack that you want to bring up? I just want to share a little anecdote because it's very appropriate. Um I was cycling through London the other day and I saw this bus, big TFL bus, uh, passing through with an advertisement for Zoom on the side of it. And it was just so funny to me because the bus was completely empty with this advertisement for Zoom 
because everybody was at home on Zoom. And I just thought that was like the perfect summation of what is happening <laughs> in life right now. I just found yeah, it very, absolutely. very amusing. So. I mean, Jack, I don't know if you remember when we, when we had Drivey on the show ages ago, I think we talked about the fact that we'd seen advertising for them on the tube and we were like, really? Why are you advertising on the tube? That's like totally, <laughs> counterintuitive, totally counterintuitive to kind of like the startup ecosystem. And their response was, yeah, but it's part of your, your routine. Everyone gets on, on, on the tube and commutes to work every yeah. day. Well, now not so much yeah incredible levels of irony to that aim isn't there <laughs> you know yeah. just seeing that I'm a, I'm a, i haven't seen a double decker bus in in months so that that would be quite oh yeah but you're out in fancy fancy pants west london aren't you i still see plenty around where i am <laughs> right well look we'll go to our advert break when we come back we'll have a very quick bit of technology news my fa- oh, that's like asking my favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite podcast? Uh, I think Football Ramble. House of Rugby. Um, Billy Yang's um, podcast. Freakonomics. Um, is Science Versus, and they're always very quirky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I listen to that a lot just because the camaraderie and the individuals. Your Cast is a brand new podcast series where we talk to people making podcasts. On this show, you're going to hear some exciting new talents as well as some of the biggest names in the podcasting industry. We're releasing weekly in all the places where you'd normally get your podcasts from. <laughs> so, technology news. Jack, this is picked specifically with you in mind. Obviously, it's, it's obviously it's from The Guardian. Mm-hmm. Going to be, you know, yeah. why, why break yeah. the habit? Uh, and this is the headline. Fuck Elon Musk. Uh, i knew it before you said this i knew it'd be related to the baby in some way shape or form you do love elon musk no, so the full headline no, well, yeah, is it the baby the or is, is it all the other problems with him right now no, no, as no. elon musk as elon musk becomes more and more prominent in 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 our i don't know mainstream society he does begin to annoy me a bit more uh, dave i'll be honest well let, but, let, me, but please, let me explain uh, let yeah me explain. so the full headline is fuck elon musk democrat rebukes magnate over coronavirus restrictions route so car makers sues authorities and threatens to move hq out of california after the, a factory stopped from reopening so after elon Musk sued local authorities in california and threatened to move tesla's hq to texas or nevada over attempts to contain the coronavirus outbreak one democratic state politician had a blunt message for the electro electronic car magnate rather um so I, I think this is quite interesting because musk has basically been pushing to reopen the tesla factory um and the health department said that they can't reopen because the the local lockdown measures to curb the coronavirus remain in effect so here we are beginning to see um tech and we're beginning to see enterprise rub up against um uh, government, local government, and health authorities, as we kind of battle through this interesting period, and I would have thought that Elon Musk would have been a little bit more sensitive because you know he obviously wants to reopen operations, but this is livelihoods and not just livelihoods; it's lives, and he is suing at a time when money is going to be hard and people furloughed and whatever else, and it just feels incredibly insensitive somehow. The minute you you threaten to move a workforce that size out of the state, you kind of lose any any trust or not like nice. Like I, I think Elon Musk is a fantastic innovator and clearly a wonderful business leader, and he's also fathered a child to one of my favorite music artists. Nonetheless, that is a just derisory move that just it, it bamboozles you to think that he could treat his own people like that 
uh, endanger their lives by rushing them back to work, and then if it doesn't happen, to move them across state or something like that. I, it, Which it would be hugely, shit, hugely really. costly, taking 12 to 18 months. And I don't know, just at a time when the world is pretty fragile and it needs kind of compassionate leadership, and this is an opportunity for tech mm. to reframe itself, mm. this is not this is not a good move from one of the most prominent leaders in tech. That even if even if you're not familiar with the technology industry, people know who Elon Musk is. I can't help but think it's a bit of a publicity stunt. Um, a month ago, he was manufacturing ventilators, and it seemed like sure. this was an issue that he was taking very seriously and trying to do his bit to help support recovery. Um, and so I look at this now and I think, I mean, I, I don't ha- have a lot of respect for the guy on a personal level because he just seems to be inflaming whoever he can on Twitter and in the media for no reason. Um, but I, I don't know, something strikes me as it's like it's a pretty good publicity scent to shout about this and, and get all kinds of people reacting to you. Uh, like you say, it would be hugely costly to actually do it. So I don't know if the follow through is necessarily the reason he's. He's putting that out there, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? No, oh, well, there we go. I thought I thought that we'd introduce that and just throw it out there for a bit of a reaction, <laughs> especially given that Elon Musk has been one of Jack's poster poster child or poster boys. Poster yeah, and rightly so for yeah, a long crazy. time as well. Like, let's not let's not forget like <laughs> the the innovations he has done. But like any um, throwers, really aging billionaire who seemingly has a midlife crisis every year, he's gonna say some fucking stupid things once in a while. It's just if he actually starts to back that, then it's like, oh, okay, so you you're turning into Donald Trump all of a sudden. You know, that's a slippery slope to go down, my friend. Just because you're going out with Grimes doesn't make you infinitely cool. <laughs> She she is pretty cool, if you ask me. See, I, I she must be pretty cool because I have no idea who you're on about. Absolutely. I have no idea either, and don't know how to pronounce his child's name. So, well, wasn't it made illegal? Like the state of California, and it could be another reason why they want to move. Is they said no, you you can't name your kid that. You can't have um, numeric digits in in a child's name. Oh yeah, it's so like you know. Yeah. Prince did stuff like that in the 80s, you know, symbols for a name and stuff. D- different but Prince, Prince was though, Prince. Yeah, Elon Musk isn't being cool or original. He's just kind of rehashing what other cooler people have already done. Sort of. I feel sorry for the kid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. See, a lot of people keep saying this. I can never feel sorry for this kid. This kid is going to have a flamethrower by the age of two. This kid is going to be musically talented, business savvy. Start praising this kid now before it's too late. Because <laughs> it will become our overlord. I'm sure of that. Because the offspring of celebrities always live up to their parents, you know. Um, yeah, but it's a dangerous or... <laughs> anyway, anyway. Look, Jack, thank you for joining us for our 300th, 300th show. Try and say that properly. Amy, thank you for being our guest. What's what's coming up on your podcast? Uh, well, this month we what are... Next what comes next? That should <laughs> what, comes the next? Line. Oh, what comes next? Yes, yeah. exactly. This month we are releasing a set of special bonus episodes that we've done in conjunction with the Microsoft AI for Good. So focusing cool. on different companies that are doing... Uh, AI for good. And then uh, after that, we've got an exciting interview with the Gateway Foundation, who are building the first uh, tourist space module or space station. Cool. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. A couple of other things too. Keep an eye out. We will send uh, a link in the show notes to your feeds uh, with this episode. But look, thanks for joining me, guys, and have a lovely rest of the week. Thank you. Thank you, David.